Hey man, how's it going? Uh, it's it's going well. Uh, I, I feel very one with nature at the moment. How about yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, we're sitting we're sitting in the woods almost, kind of, sort of. But uh, once but, again, an in person uh, podcast. It, it is, it is. Yeah, and this is uh, this is the closest I get to uh, to wilderness. So <laughs> I, I will <laughs> it's exciting. I will tell you that uh, um, it's been a while since I've been in a bigger city. And so when I drove up this way and, and made a quick run into to Covington for nefarious purposes, uh, I was like, wow, I mean, this this feels weird to be in the big city again. And yeah. of course, now we've come out to uh, Idlewild Park out in uh, Burlington, Kentucky. Pretty cool place to hang out. Yeah, first, first time I've ever been here. But yeah, it's nice, very, very spacious. Uh, we're... At a pavilion that has seven picnic tables at it. Uh, we are the only people who are here, so that's awesome. Uh, a few disc golfers have been walking around, but other than that, not really anybody here. Yeah, we picked this place because obviously during COVID we want to be safe. And uh, and so we've, we've been pretty... Uh, precise in in where we actually hang out in in person uh, mm-hmm. because we've been home for a while yeah how, um, many, how many days it's 213 days that we have been at home 213 <laughs> days and uh as we talk about that uh cases are escalating i know uh i try not to uh, watch the news but i've gotten uh hooked on uh the uh abc nightly news at 6 30 and and been uh, watching Mr. Holt, and um, so I know that we were hovering around 40,000 new cases a day, and I believe on Friday it was like 56,000. Yeah, it spiked up. And continuing to go up, and and projections quickly into the 70,000 a day across the United States. It's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, it's like a daily occurrence that I go look at the, uh, the Johns Hopkins map and uh, try to just to see in the, the, the roller coaster, uh, that it is, uh, continues there where, you know, it started off and then dipped down and then obviously spiked like way, way up in the summer, right? We we're hitting 70,000 plus. And then uh, it had been down lower back towards like the thirties. Uh, and then now has been going back up towards the mid, mid fifties. But I was kind of in the same boat as you. Obviously I live way closer to, to Covington and Cincinnati than you do, but I don't really, uh, I don't spend much time like in town directly, even though it's, you know, less than 10 minute drive for me. Um, I usually go down there and, you know, maybe grab some food or something. Um, on Friday, I was going to, uh, I'm glad you're sitting, which is what I'll say. It. I was headed to Braxton to pick up some Really? Beer. I know. I, it's, I didn't know you ever went to Braxton. Yeah, it's it the first time I had been there in probably three or four days. But <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was a little early and I was like, oh man, you know what? I'll go grab some, uh, I'll go grab some coffee. There's a coffee shop in Covington. That's, it's right next to where our old office used to be um, that, I still like to stop at periodically and just grab some coffee. They got a good setup with like uh, a window that opens onto their porch. Uh, well, they'll take your order from there outside. You don't even have to walk in or anything. Um, and I normally can get away with just parking behind the building, like where we used to park when we worked in that office. Um, and all of those spots were taken. So I looped back around and I actually parallel parked on main street, like, 
maybe three blocks up from where the coffee shop was and then just like walked down the sidewalk to get to the coffee shop. Let me, let me stop you there. Were you able to keep your car between the, the white lines the, <laughs> of, of the parking spot? Well, fortunately for me, it was uh, up far enough where they don't have the lines anymore for parallel parking. Oh, okay. Uh, so I didn't have to worry about that now. Uh, otherwise, you know. The bar is low, but as long as I did better than Chris, uh, I would have felt pretty good. Since it I it is he, a pretty low bar. He, he struggles uh, with that, and um, he's never going to listen to this episode to hear it. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. But uh, it, was, it was just a weird experience, uh, just even like walking down the street to get to the coffee shop, which, you know, I've done hundreds of times before in the like six months that we worked in that office or that I worked in that office anyway. But I was like, man, I haven't walked like down the street in forever. It's just been hop out of my car, go inside somewhere, get, get beer and then like hop back in my car. And that's been about it. So yeah. It's a weird experience. Same with me. Other than I have gone into uh, whole paycheck twice, whole food stores uh, in the early morning to uh, yeah. get some stuff. But that's really the only place I've been in. Yeah, and I think that was part of my problem um, on Friday, actually, was that the, it was right, I was trying to get to Braxton right when they opened, uh, which is at noon on Fridays, and so I was trying to get into the coffee shop at like 11.50 something, which is when that part of Covington kind of fills up, because there's a bunch of restaurants and stuff, so everybody's headed there for lunch and whatnot to dogpile on top of each other like crazy people, but... um, for our thousands of listeners, in case you heard that, we are in the uh, direct flight path of the Northern Kentucky Cincinnati International Airport. We are. We're not sure if you will hear that or not, but uh, but that's what that was. That was a big old jet airliner. It's um yeah my my apartment is is basically like directly east of here. Uh, so my my apartment is also in the flight path of everything coming into the Cincinnati airport. And um, it's been interesting the past six months when I've been, one, at home way more to notice, uh, but how much less I hear those now than I used to just because there are fewer flights because there are fewer people traveling. It, it used to be a regular occurrence. Um, not it, it was loud enough to be noticeable, but not enough to be like problematic, right? Like, I don't have to turn up the TV every time a, a plane flies overhead or anything. It's too far away for that. But um, enough that you notice and that you notice the lack of them when there aren't any going on. Yeah, for sure. I know um, when we're up here doing errands and picking up curbside food and things like that, then uh, I've noticed a lot less traffic because it used to be oh, just yeah. plane after plane after plane, just kind of, you know, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, a minute apart. Yep. They'd roll over top of the Florence area, and that's that's not really been the case. Yeah, yeah. You used to get those big, like, kind of clusters of them almost where you're like, oh, my God, like, how are they even coming into land that fast? Like that's crazy. The the organization that has to go on, but that you you'll hear one, and then like three hours go by, and you hear another, and you're like, oh my god, has it been that long? It's crazy. Yeah, I know. I have in my watch later that I added this morning, but uh, one of the somebody I follow, one of the news sources I follow on CBS, or maybe it's CBS Saturday morning, but they uh, they have a new uh, video about. Uh, layoffs in the uh, airline industry so uh, i think they're they're hit pretty hard yeah uh, that makes sense and of course because we were saying that um, another one literally just came by yeah 
So we'll, if we if we hear another, honestly, I'll try to take a photo. Like the the path they're coming in on, you can see the whole thing, like right by. Oh, us. that that would be cool. Yeah. We, we could uh, we could make that uh, <laughs> um, part of the uh, the liner art for this episode. Heck yeah, that yeah. would be cool. I'll see, uh, I'll see if we get another one uh, if they continue to come in at that rate. Right? I'll see if I can snag a photo. Of yeah. So good deal. So John, last time we uh, we don't get to do these very often in person, but we the can. last time we did. We actually um, didn't drink alcohol. Yes, that's right. I was going to say, no, we did for the last one, but we didn't get to record that episode because the uh, the wind was too loud. You're it right. Was. You're yeah. right. Yeah, we, we made another attempt at the farm, and uh, Mother Nature was not with us on that particular day. It was not at bad. all. <laughs> not at all. The, the wind was just crazy bad. I, I, I guess I didn't ever anticipate um, with all the cool gear we have, that right. that, that would have would happen. So. Yeah, you you wouldn't think it would come through that bad, but um, yeah, you you, uh, you put the headphones on while we started the recording, and just the look on your face is it was like painful with the wind coming in, and it didn't feel like it was crazy windy or anything, but it didn't. Um, but clearly, the microphones were picking everything, yeah, up. every last bit of so. it. So. But we don't have that problem today. Uh, the wind has been okay. Let's cross our fingers. I didn't just jinx it, and we are in fact. We are. And I think we're going to talk about uh, podcasting gear today. But uh, as always, we should talk about uh, uh, beer. And we uh, we have beer from some place we've never been before, never bought beer from before. Uh, where is that, John? Uh, that would be, uh, let me, let me uh, reference the can here and make sure I pronounce the name correctly. Uh, that would be the Braxton Brewing Company. Uh, I believe they're based out of Covington, Kentucky. Uh, I should swing down there sometime and, and check them out, I guess. I'm pretty close to there. I'm going to make another order on Monday, <laughs> so would you pick mine up, please? Yeah, just just send me the order number. It's, it's all good. <laughs> and I go there to the point now where I walk in the door and they just ask me what my order number is because um, they know I'm there to just pick up beer. That's all I do. <laughs> yep. that's, uh, that's a good problem for them to have. I think the pandemic has, uh, in, in many regards, been good to them. I know they've opened another location. I don't think we talked about that, but they've opened a new location in Cincinnati. They did. Um, I did notice this week, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, they changed the hours for Braxton Labs over in uh, I saw that. Um, Newport in the back of Party Source. So they're only going to be open weekends now, yeah. but they're still going to kick out all this uh, uh, great uh, experimental beer. So uh, yeah. I think that's good for us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I saw the same thing. It was, uh, I think they mentioned it in like their weekly email that went out uh, yesterday yeah. that they were going to do that, which... I could see that they probably don't get nearly the traction there um, as as they do at the other locations, especially because it's, it's just really like, for the most part, it's just the bar back there. So um, I know at their main location, and I presume at the Barrel House, but I've not been out there since the pandemic started. Um, they, they actually close the bar itself, so there's no bar seating. Um, as much, you know, for the people working there as anybody else who's got to be back there pouring beer that they don't have people breathing on them while they sit there and try to drink. So I, I imagine that location, it's a little harder to get much traction right now. Yeah. And, and, uh, clearly neither of us have been there recently, yeah. but it's, it's fairly narrow. Um, so if you can't sit at the bar and you need to be back, there's, there's not a lot of room for tables. They do have a really good outdoor area and they used to have food trucks come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen any of that lately. 
and and that's always been where they've brewed the experimental stuff anyway. So it's probably easier for them during the week to focus on yeah. actually brewing operations there. And and I think these um, all the special beers. I mean, we're looking at what Mondays, Thursdays, and Saturdays yeah, now. Three days a week, they're doing a special release. That's crazy. So I mean, that's all their non-standard stuff. In some cases, it's taking one of their standards and mm. uh, and really jazzing it up. But uh, that's a lot of work, and that's that's a lot of activity. It is. It is. Yeah, and uh, to keep churning out at that rate when you consider. They've probably been doing it for six months or so now. Um, I know they've kind of built upon it. Um, they were doing initially just like regular sales of their normal stuff kind of uh, online. Um, then I think they started doing the Thursday Crowlers first and had kind of big success. Um, added on the Saturday like sours or smoothies. Um, and then they started doing special labs, four pack can releases on Mondays. So they've really kind of expanded that out as we've been in the, the new normal, um, which I'm, I'm extremely grateful for. I'm, I'm fortunate that, uh, I had the luck to, uh, move close to, I would say the brewery that has seemed to be handling things the best before all of this started. Yeah, I think advantage. so. I mean, they've, they've been, um. They've done the right things throughout the the whole pandemic so far, and and they uh, they seem to manage people at least from the stories we've heard yep. um, when people aren't doing what they're supposed to to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we actually were gonna try to record this from the Barrel House patio today, um, but it was unclear to us uh, since there's a pretty good chance of rain because of yeah. the hurricane coming into uh, the Louisiana area and, and shifting up this way that uh, we weren't sure how, how that would work out. And, and uh, I don't recall if they had um, um, any sort of canopy or umbrellas or anything. Yeah. They, they previously, and I, I still haven't been up there to uh, look again cause I suck, but um they didn't normally have like umbrellas or anything out there. Um, but I didn't think they did. They have periodically put up like a. Uh, I got a photo of that one, by the way. Good deal. Um, but they have periodically. Oh yeah, I did. Uh, they've periodically put up like a big, uh, like covered tent kind of area out there. Ah, okay. Um, I know late last year. Uh, they did that in like the late fall ish. So that if people still wanted to sit outside, since it is a little small on the inside there, um, but if people wanted to sit outside, it was still kind of covered up. Um, kind of like uh, it was the same kind of deal that they had on top of the uh, the rooftop. Okay. Uh, that they put up there in the winter, uh, but then they took it down eventually when it got really cold because just it was too much and no one was out there. And again, they did the same thing at the rooftop at the main location, like. It just it got too too cold and people weren't going to be there even if it was covered and they had like some of those heat lamps out. Um, so I don't know if they're doing the same thing or not. I I will at some point like drive past there. It's a whopping ten minutes away from my apartment. <laughs> yeah, I know we've we've got things coming up uh, this week, but uh, maybe uh, f- sometime the following week we could. Uh, do some work from there and, you know, maybe do a podcast episode from yeah, there if absolutely. it's set up right. But uh, they, you know, they they really are doing uh, things uh, very well. And, and um, I hope I hope their success continues because uh, I, I think 
the challenge moving forward with restaurants and bars mm-hmm. and and small business in general is is going to be as as COVID gets worse, the cases are increasing, and we're headed into flu season. Um, lots of things uh, uh, are going to impact people's ability to get out, and the rules are likely to change as well. Yeah, yeah, and I I, I know a lot of the places right now that I've. I mean, I've been concerned because even when I go down to Braxton and you you go around, at least in in this particular area, you know, the the restaurants that have outdoor space uh, seem to be having success with it. Uh, lots of people seem to be going to those places. Uh, there are plenty of restaurants in this area where, um, the I guess I don't know if they're just doing it or if they worked with the city or what, but like at certain hours they'll just like block off big parts of the street. Um, you know. Um, in the the early evening hours, uh, and set up tables like right, basically on the road, almost outside of the restaurants, and and they seem to be having success with that. Uh, but obviously, as it gets colder, people are not going to be wanting to sit outside. You know, I know you and I have talked about some stuff at the farm or the barrel house, and you know, I we're, we're cool to stand outside, kind of bundled up and drink. I don't want to do that and eat like a meal. No. <laughs> that's that's a different experience for yeah. sure. So yeah, I'm I'm happy to 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 drink outside. In fact, I think I was telling you, and you've had these experiences as well. But like in Asheville, Jenny and I've gone down there in the winter, and and uh, you know it gets too hot and too crowded inside, yep. and you yep. go out and and there's a big crowd outside, and mm-hmm. in the middle of winter at midnight, and and everybody's just standing out there bundled up. Uh, and uh, and having a good time, and so I th- I think that's not usual for for Kentucky, mm-hmm. but uh, I think there are lots of things that weren't usual that that people will continue to need to find creative ways to to do because um, because clearly people are not going to be able to be huddled up inside. Yeah, yeah. If uh, I know when this started, since um, it's been two hundred and thirteen days. Um, if you had told me in March when we started working from home that we're going to hit November and it's going to be worse than it is now, I'd have been like, no, 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 we'll, we'll, this will get under control, but it's, that's, that's not, it's not been the case. And, and I know you and I even talked that when we started working from home, you know, I didn't take like any of this stuff from my desk basically. Cause I was like, no, I didn't we'll, we'll be doing this for a few weeks, probably a few weeks. It's not worth dismantling my entire desk. Um, and then piecemeal as it went on longer, I took a few things here and there. And then just eventually probably what, like a month ago, maybe I finally like grabbed a monitor when you had done an order of monitors to get one because i had never taken mine uh, mine home with me yeah it was uh you know i just expected us to go back we'd planned for uh our offices in the uh old new facility exactly. that we were moving yep. into and um so now we just have uh um the world famous developer <laughs> uh andrew palumbo that works out of that facility. We do, we do. He's he's basically the one that's holed up there. Uh, we've had a few new folks start who uh, worked out of there for at least a little while. Uh, one had his fill of plums and has now also started working from home. I um, think they're both working from home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, I wasn't sure if. Uh, I think his ego, because of what success he's had with Comet Run, I think his ego is just like, you know, I'm a millionaire and you guys don't matter. And I'm, you know, I don't want to slum with you. I I do think that's the truth. Um, I've kind of gotten that feeling as well, that maybe he's, 
gotten a, a little bit of a big head from the the astounding success he's had with Comet Run and just you know the sheer volume of money that he's been able to make from that particular project as well. Yeah, I uh, um, I just dropped some groceries at his house and. You know, it was like uh, I had to leave it at the front gate. I mean, he's got this big gated oh, community. Like it's, it's like that, an estate he kind of lives yeah, in, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, I don't know how many here. how many rooms he had in that house, not but even, yeah, it's huge. It, it might not even be his. It might be like the, the servant's house, I think. I'm yeah, not sure, could, you know? could be. I mean, it's it's huge. So uh, He's got like a tiger uh, chained up outside. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think we're just lucky to know him. That's that's true. You know, it's, um, it's a good name to be able to name drop, I think. I um, think so. It's... It, it carries a lot of weight to it. And uh, we know he is one of the thousands of listeners that will listen to this episode. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, absolutely. Uh, so yeah. maybe maybe he'll drop us some of that uh, that 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 coin that he's, was, he's earned. I was just going to say, you know, we, we featured him on an episode to talk about Comet Run. And uh, we've discussed Comet Run a few times. I feel like maybe we should be getting a little bit of a share. Because think of with our um, hundreds of thousands of listeners... How many people have probably downloaded it because they heard about it on this podcast? Why wouldn't he just be a sponsor of our podcast? I mean, seriously. Yeah, just give us a flat rate for like a certain like per episode. Yeah. He should he should really do that. He should really record uh, a sponsorship and and uh, and pay us. He definitely should do that. Absolutely. Huh, huh, okay. We'll, we'll have to approach him about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll maybe like uh see well uh, we'll have our people get with his people. Uh, and we'll see how that goes over. <laughs> so, John, I don't think we ever uh, mentioned which Braxton beer we're drinking. We're drinking oh, a, a very, very oldie, an early in COVID beer that in my way of thinking is just as good today as it was back then. Yeah, absolutely. It's a fantastic beer. So uh, I haven't seen it come back. Quadruple Berry uh, from their uh, Kettle Sour series. And I remember when we both, you drank one of yours. We both got two. Mm-hmm. You drank one before I did, and you were like, "Oh shit, man, this <laughs> th- this is it." It's- and and so I had these super high expectations, and I was expecting to be disappointed. And I was like, "Holy fuck, this it's, is it's so good." And it's it's the kind of beer that uh, when you pour it, it is like it's just thick and purple and uh, completely <laughs> opaque. Um, it's it's the kind of beer uh, we were we were talking about, kind of uh, mixing it up um, before you poured it. But uh, yeah, when I had the second one of mine, um, I did it on one of our our weekly happy hour calls, and probably about an hour before that call was going to start, I uh, took the crowler and I turned it upside down in the fridge just so that you know all of the the sediment could kind of move itself throughout. Um, get it kind of nice and even there but uh, it's it's a fantastic beer which honestly i'm i'm glad mark that you and i are the ones having this to enjoy it because unlike some people that we know we both really like beer we do i don't even really like beer that much hey brandy (laughs) welcome back to the podcast You may not do your own podcast anymore, but you will live in infamy, infamy with us. <laughs> yeah, as we'll talk about uh, shortly here with our new uh, podcast setup that we're testing out, we get the soundboard back. <laughs> Absolutely. We have, we have missed that and missed trolling Brandy more than anything else that we miss. 
Oh, that's such a good sound. It came through really well. I it think, did. Too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, this is our second beer. Now, are you okay with your dirty? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, so, I'm not perturbed by that at all. So this one uh, is the uh, Blood Orange Rubus Tea plus Vanilla Hazy Pale Ale. Once again, another Braxton beer. That we got from this is a Braxton, right? No. Yeah, this it one's is Braxton. Yeah, it is. Huh? It's not in a Braxton. Um, no, they've uh, they've gone through some iterations um, of those, and I don't know if that's the can shortage issues coming to bear. But um, so I've had some that are in the big crowler that has the actual like Braxton sticker on it, like the whole covers the whole crowler. I've had some that are like this one where it's literally just a naked silver can um, that has a small white label that has what the beer is. Uh, and then I've had this same label, but on a can that's like a, a gold color as opposed to silver. I've gotten all three. So uh, you've had this one before. I think I bought one. I have had this um, one before. So, so this is not an IPA. It's just a pale ale? I believe so, yeah. All right. Yeah. Because that's, that's what the labeling would lead me to believe. And um, I think it's like a, I think it is like a hazy it is hazy, yeah. and uh, it's got some haze. I thought I had a little more runway, John. So, oh. <laughs> so there is a beer all the way to the top. There, all right, so. keep that sucker full. Yeah, I was um, I was a little concerned about this one, honestly, when I first got it, because um, I have had the uh, I don't I don't really know how to pronounce it, like. Ruibus, Ruibus, I'm not sure, uh, but it's a, it's an herbal tea. It comes from some kind of a plant in some part of Africa. I don't recall exactly where. Um, I don't personally like the tea by itself. I think the taste is a little, I don't know how to describe it. Um, I, I'm not really a fan of it alone, but I felt that it really meshed well with the beer. This is really good. I absolutely like this. So... Yeah. Um, yeah. I was very, very surprised. I think the way the tea and the orange and the vanilla kind of combine together it is very good. That's really, yeah, that's complex. It's unique. That's really, really good. Um, this beer is also funny because I recently discovered, um, you know, as we've all become obsessed with using Braxton's release schedule to keep track of what day of the week that it is, um, Sad, every, isn't it? It yeah, is. It is. Uh, but every time that I see a beer, then I'm like, oh, that looks really good. Um, I will send it to our friend Brandy, who doesn't really like beer. And uh, I have discovered that she gets really weirded out by things that have vanilla added to it. Really? Um, she does not like that. And I think all the last like four or five Braxton like Crowler releases have been like something, something plus vanilla. And she just doesn't want anything to do with any of them. I'm pretty sure that the uh, West Six beer that she picked up for us had vanilla in it. The, the Country Western one? Country Western. I, I think that was it was cinnamon did. toast, and I think it had uh, cinnamon, vanilla, and lactose in it. I think it did, yeah. Huh. I don't, I don't know if maybe that it was like a stout changes things any, but I'm not sure. But there have been a few that I've sent her where I'm like, it's, it's like a hazy pale ale, which that's her thing is, yeah. is a hazy, uh, plus like strawberry. It sounds so good. She's like, oh, it has vanilla. I don't know. I don't think I'll get it. How do you know she doesn't like beer? I mean, has she ever said that? Um, I, I want to say that maybe she mentioned it once or twice. I don't even really like beer that much. 
Oh, okay. Well, oh. I guess she doesn't really like yeah, beer Yeah, it much. seems like she doesn't really like beer that much. It's crazy. Happy day. The good old days <laughs> are back. So, uh, oh, no one, no one listening to this can possibly appreciate how much we missed that. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It's actually more fun uh, kind of uh, trolling her than it is Chris. It, it is. It is definitely more fun. Um, you know, plus... I feel like trolling her is a little more special because we do troll Chris basically every day at work. So we do, you know, it's it's a little less special. Whereas doing it on the podcast, like Brandy, that's the only time we really troll her really well. Um, other than the snarky messages we send her periodically about how bad her phone is that she usually ignores. Yeah, she almost never responds to those. Uh, I did send her the, I think it was forty eight. Uh, high criticality CVEs in oh, yeah. uh, the Android operating system the other day, and told her she should probably get a real phone that was more secure. Um, I don't. I don't think she's gonna though. I I doubt she's going gonna do that, but uh, <laughs> which I don't understand because if I mean she loves her MacBook Pro and and it just makes everything sticky when when it, you have your phone there. Yeah, as Yeah, well. they they honestly like work so well together, and um, she's not been happy with. The uh, the new phone that she got, um, she had a Pixel two or three uh, XL. I think it was the two Pixel two XL maybe. Um, and they like the bottom of the screen was all busted up, and she'd like cut herself using it, and was just waiting for a new uh, a new Pixel, but something cheaper. So she went with the Pixel four A which is a very tiny phone, um, and she's not been happy with it. So she's thinking about going with the, like, Pixel, was it, like, 4A 5G edition, I think, that has 5G support, um, but is also a bigger phone. But then you have kind of all the caveats that come with 5G supports in late 2020, which is we see manufacturers doing things like, making some of the components cheaper to try and offset the cost of the 5G modem. Some of them have smaller batteries for that extra space, that sort of thing. So a lot of, a lot of trade-offs there when you're probably not going to get much out of the 5G service um, in the fall of 2020. But um, I feel like it's it's prime time for her to switch to an iPhone and try it out. And as we're recording this... Um on Tuesday of next week is when the new iPhone announcement is scheduled. It is. It is. So by the time this hits the the airwaves and all of our hundreds of thousands of listeners, there will already have been a new iPhone announced. Yep. The rumors are for the the one I would get, which would be the 12 Pro Max, it'll be a little bigger. I think mine is around six and a half inches, and the new one is 6.67 inches. Okay. But uh, one of the other rumors uh, is that uh, it will be the one that comes with the better camera sensor mm. and uh, kind of making it the phone to push uh, – people that are in that mobile photography space into, which will be interesting to see how, how all that plays out. Um, I'm an old dude. You're not. So uh, I'll get the bigger screen because I'm an old dude. Um, I do like the nicer camera in my current phone. And so uh, be interesting to see. But the other rumor that is, is that it'll be a month later than than the mainstream phones, so oh, okay. so it won't become available until uh, late November. 
Gotcha, gotcha. I have so, not seen that rumor. So that'll that, be that'll be interesting. If, if all that's true, it, a bunch of people picked it up, which means that one person could have said it and nobody checked their sources <laughs> and everybody's reporting on the same thing. Right. Or a bunch of people could have uh, fact-checked it. Sure. It's, it's really there's, hard there's no to way say. to tell, yeah. So um, uh, I think on a future episode, I know we're going to talk about iOS 14. Um, one of the other episodes, maybe we have a productivity software or or something episode, but uh, you and I are doing some things different. But one of the things that I'm struggling with is contacts. And so the way, the way iCloud, and I've been a user longer than you, so you may not have this problem, but like you text me, mm-hmm. and so I add you on my phone as JFabHD, and so every time you text me or call me, I get I see that it's JFabHD, uh, but you may not show up. You may just be your number on my iPad or your number on my oh. uh, MacBook, and when I go in and look at the contacts, you know, I've got so many instances of contacts, and in some cases, there's overlap. In other cases, there's not. And so um, um, that uh, um, is um, a problem. And, and there's two or three soft pieces of software out there that kind of clean that up. I'm a little terrified because <laughs> you're – you're also kind of nuke and paving, and, right? And like what if merging that, records? What if and, that goes wrong? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's really a database operation that could, could go foobar really quickly. And there's not really like a great way to back it up and then redo it if it does get foobarred. So, yeah, yeah, I, I feel you. So I'm going to go in and look and see what the export <laughs> options are, and and kind of have an export for all of them and do that. But uh, future episode. But this episode, uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, our podcasting equipment. So, um, so we started kind of, uh, you and Brandy started a podcast and, and you did a different thing and, and you all used computers and, and software and captured it that way. And then at work, we moved to needing a kind of an easy professional setup Mm -hmm. with easy buttons and, and so for a long time, you and I were using the Rode Podcaster Pro. Yep, yep, we were. Um, it was a really nice setup uh, that we had that way. Um, the way Brandy and I were doing it initially, we were just literally recording it in GarageBand on her MacBook um, from like two USB microphones that were connected to it. Uh, worked well as far as like the audio went, but involves quite a bit of... Um, edit work as you know everything is going to be its own um, file or uh, uh, kind of like sound source in there right so they each have their own audio track and you have to um, be really careful as you go back through and maybe you want to do some edit work with it or you want to add in sounds or anything like that um, you know we'd we didn't just have a soundboard. You had to actually split all the tracks in the same place and then insert something and like put them back together. It was it was a lot of work. Um, we'd also run into issues when somebody would run out of space on their MacBook and then still record an episode um, and thought that was going to work out okay. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. That was on her uh, 128 gig. <laughs> it was uh, before uh, she upgraded. Yeah, uh, <laughs> MacBook Pro or MacBook Air, I think. No, it was it. It was still a MacBook Pro. Was it it a was Pro? just a really small size. But uh, yeah, so the Roadcaster Pro was such a nice, a nice change from that because we designed that. You and I kind of planned it out 
um, knowing that some of the people at work were going to be using it and that we wanted it to be as simple as possible so that people could literally like hit a button, record a podcast, hit a button. They literally need someone to encode the WAV file and that's it. Like there's not going to be any edit work. You don't have posts. You can just go ahead and have your podcast raring and ready to go the second that you copy it off of there. Um, and it was beneficial to the point where pre-pandemic, um, the last couple of episodes Brandy and I recorded, she actually came up to Covington, uh, hung out with us in the office there, and then uh, recorded that way just because it was such a, a handy experience that really kind of streamlined the whole process. Yeah, and, and um, it allows us to have uh, uh, sounds like like Brandy saying exactly. she didn't uh, like beer and, and all the other things and and to roll our lead in and and things like that and and just the amount of work that was necessary doing it the other ways was was gone and then the pandemic hit and yep. um, we got a new office and so the podcast studio got set up in that other office and uh, you know I thought they might use that I've, I've thought several times about going over and taking it because they're they're not using it right now mm-hmm. you and I then continued to do podcasts and it's really, um, at least from my standpoint, it's, it's not as bad as the tracks, but you and I were using Discord yep. um, because of the high-quality audio, and we could see each other, kind of take cues from each other. And then I was using Audio Hijack Pro, which has a really nice system set up to be able to capture and encode and and uh, pull in all the sounds. And then so we would do that. And then drop it in Alphonic to clean it up, and then drop it in GarageBand to put a front end on, and and just just really a lot of work. And then we traveled a little bit before COVID as yeah, well, and yep. so we used a Zoom H4N Pro that I had been carrying around for forever, and had recorded a previous podcast on that just we did a few episodes, and my buddy just couldn't set aside the time to do it, and. And so it just kind of went by the wayside, and so I bet I carried it for a couple of years in my in my laptop bag, and finally there was a use for it. Right. And we used that at a brewery in Florida. Yeah. What was the name of the brewery? Uh, we used that at Dead Lizard. Yeah, at Dead Lizard, and um, recorded a podcast, and uh, we're really amazed with uh, how good it was. Yeah. But once again. We still had to do the editing and drop stuff in and all that. Yeah, we still had to do the sounds and the whole nine yards. Um, I know you and I were just kind of impressed that the ability to podcast on location worked so well. Um, There were quite a few noises in the brewery. It's not like a a huge brewery if you've ever been to Dead Lizard. Um, There's some space. We were on like the opposite side of the the interior from like the bar. So where most of the people were was far away from us. Um, and it really, for the most part, other than there was a, a small child who was like playing there and making some noise next to us for a little bit that they came through. But for the most part, it was just sort of uh, a nice ambiance to kind of have that background noise. Um, I was impressed that in the recordings, it didn't come through as too loud or distracting. It was just kind of a, a nice vibe to let you know we were on location there, which is pretty neat. And that really got us like wanting to not do our podcast in an office somewhere or across the interwebs, <laughs> right. but to do them in person. And then, of course, the the pandemic hit. And, and so, you know, I watch everything and I know I've sent you a ton of things that, that 
our our uh, there was a Kickstarter that yeah. looked really uh-huh. good. I uh, it got fully funded. Uh, I don't think it's still shipped yet. Uh, surprise, surprise. But uh, so this thing, Zoom, then pushed out this uh, these short videos for a Zoom eight and a Zoom Pod Track four, and they were both designed for. Spoken word for podcasts. The Zoom 8, I believe, can be used by a music professional as well. I think the Zoom 8 is is retailing around $3.99. And, and so there became a buzz on, on the Internet and Reddit and other places about how does that compare to the Rodecaster Pro. And, you know, it, at that point, it's a product that doesn't exist nobody has so you can't really compare it but there were right. there were wars about that yeah. uh, people people arguing based on speculation yeah. I love it. Well, there's no way it'll, it'll be any good oh it'll be so much better because of this <laughs> and nobody neither and, side has any idea no, what the yeah, hell they're talking no, about yeah. no, nobody's touched it and uh, and so then they uh, they rolled out the pod track fourth and and it looked really cool in the videos you know it's a demo Always a demo looks cool. Right. And then there were a handful of people that got pre-production units and it started to sound good. So I told John, I'm like, I'm gonna get this for us and, and we're gonna we're gonna try this out. It's it's uh, hundred and ninety-nine dollars and uh, that seems like a bargain. In fact, the H4N, which has fewer inputs and less in body features, um, Still a good unit for some other things, like if you were a mobile journalist, the mm-hmm. H4N Pro might be a better unit than this um, because it's got some external speakers or external microphones on it as well that you can just point to somebody speaking yep, yep. Uh, for an interview and things like that. But uh, this sounded really good. So I think it was like late July and it was supposed to be in August and and it was coming in August and then it was coming in early September and then it was coming in late September and then it was coming in uh, October, and you couldn't get it on B B and H. You couldn't get it on Sweetwater. You couldn't get it on Amazon. Everybody wanted you to pre-order it. And I stumbled on Reddit. Some guy like, "Yeah, man, I was walking around a Best Buy store and they had one." And I'm like, "I bought it. It's cool." <laughs> and so I'm like, "Well, shit." And so I'm not gonna stumble around a Best Buy store because. Uh, I don't want to get the COVID. <laughs> so uh, I just jumped online and said, uh, do you have it in stock? And it was like, you can have it two days from now. And I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> so nobody else in the world has it, but apparently Best, Best Buy, Buy got a got a small inventory of it. Uh, and apparently the Florence store, uh, I don't know where it shipped from, but the Florence store had it in stock. I could have come up and picked it oh, up okay. that day. Yeah. And uh, two days later, it it showed up, and and so I know I, I I texted you on that signal chat that Plums is not part of, and and said, uh, dude, it's here, and uh, I was real quickly able to put uh, our friend Brandy on it and our intro from Epidemic Sound, and uh, you picked uh, an outro yeah, for us, and, and so this will be the first episode that we have an outro on, and. Uh, you know, hopefully when we finish this episode, um, it worked and it, it sounds good. I think we've had a couple of little issues, but uh, um, seems like we're going okay. Yeah, I was um, I was personally really impressed. So, uh, you know, we came here to the park and set up. Um, you, you 
broke out all the equipment that you brought with you and it was the you know the first time i ever got my hands uh, on this thing and it probably took me a couple of minutes of playing around with it to kind of figure it out and and figure out the flow with it so uh really honestly i mean i I say this is somebody who works with technology for a living so take it with a grain of salt but it was really intuitive to just kind of figure out how to record with the thing and use it how to access the files afterward um so we could run a couple of tests make sure it sounded okay our levels were good that sort of thing um but it was all really simple on a, a compact unit that you you really control it with like four buttons so there's not a whole heck of a lot uh going on there but you still get like you know insane amount of options that you can do with it so it really seems to encompass what we were doing with the roadcaster pro um and you know this tiny little unit that's running off of two double a batteries that we can sit outside here and record with yeah and small enough to take any place and if we if we could figure out a better strategy for microphones in terms of stands these stands are a little heavy yeah but if we could if we could figure out um I do have a, a couple of lightweight tripods. If we could figure out how to get some extension on those in a lightweight manner and drop these on, I think, uh, man, we'd have a really extra portable setup. The only knock that uh, I've watched a couple of things on YouTube, and one of the knocks was, oh, it doesn't have this or it doesn't have that. And and those seem like they've come from uh, muni- musicians and you know that's that's not what we're going to use it for. Right. Neither of us are going to sing into this and uh, or play instruments into it. Although I think, believe technically, you can. But uh, the only other knock is is the body is plastic, and so we probably ought to find something to carry it in. I just dropped it in my bag. That was okay for this trip because I was in a hurry and you know I didn't want to forget anything. Oh, like the. Uh, the uh, the uh, wind block for uh, one of the microphones that fell out <laughs> apparently on my sidewalk at home, but uh, so uh, but I could see uh, easily figuring out a way to low profile haul all this. We also have the uh, so we went to the Podfest uh, um, Expo. Yeah, last thing we really did, um, we we came back to work after our. Uh, our immensely delayed flight leaving Orlando. I think you and I both worked from home that Monday because we didn't get back to the airport in Cincinnati here until midnight or so. Absolutely. Um, we went to the office on Tuesday and then uh, pretty early on Wednesday, uh, we abandoned the office and uh, that was 213 days ago. Yeah, I think we were both uh, a little uncomfortable flying back because things were starting to heat up. Yep, and it was. And yeah. we were in the airport and we were watching everybody. And like you, we were sitting, we were, I think it was probably what, like maybe five-ish hours we sat in that airport because our flight got delayed and then re-delayed and we're just sitting there. And I know we're, and we're back. So John, that was uh, that was interesting, huh? So we're we're praising this uh, new uh, Zoom pod track. Uh, the irony, <laughs> yeah, and uh, it cut off on us, and uh, still had one bar on the battery, but cut off on us. So that's uh, 
That's a little disconcerting. So hopefully. yeah, we uh, so and 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 while I was playing with this, just talking about, oh man, it's so easy to set up. Oh, while I was setting it up, I noticed that uh, the battery indicator for. Again, I think I even said earlier, it does all this on two AA batteries. <laughs> um, uh, it was down to one. So you popped out some fresh batteries. Uh, we put those in there. When it cut out, uh, the whole thing was just powered off. I was able to turn it back on okay um, and verify that everything we had recorded up to that point was good. Uh, but it was down to that... Um, just one one indicator on the or one sliver on the battery icon and that being said the battery icon is three slivers so it's not super granular or anything um so we have now fired it back up and connected it to uh, an external battery through the usb-c port that it has um which that internal battery indicator then goes away uh, and it looks like it's just pulling juice out of my external battery. So hopefully that uh, gets us through this. But that's that's an issue. That was 48 minutes. Yeah, so we'll need to check that and see. Uh, I figure both of us can call Chris and get him to do some Googling he'll, he'll for Google us. He'll Google that for us, yeah. And so uh, by the time the next podcast comes around, we'll figure that out. Um, these are Amazon Basics batteries, but they were brand new. I, I have a whole box of them. I would hope that they're not uh, an issue. Um, the other thing that... that were, were those the batteries you, you accidentally got like a million of? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they are, they're probably over a year old uh, for sure. I still wouldn't think that would be problematic though. I, I wouldn't, but, but so I do know that in the olden days when a lot of the the digital cameras didn't have their own internal battery right. uh, and some other electronics, the early MP3 players and things like that. The regular alkaline batteries were would run down quickly and didn't have the, the this is going to be wrong, but I'll say it, the high amperage needs to power mm. consumer electronics. And so they always said you should use rechargeable batteries, lithium oh, and, okay. and things like yeah. that. So, so we, we we might when Chris gets us that feedback on his Google uh, results, we might find that that in fact is the case, and so we might need to go to rechargeables, which would be more environmentally conscious anyway. We should probably do that, but I do have a huge ass box of double uh, <laughs> A uh, batteries because I. I forgot to cancel them off a subscribe and save. And so while I wasn't out of them, a whole nother big box came. Yeah, I was uh, I was just uh, picking up the uh, instructions here for a second to look at it to see if they specified anything. It looks like on the back page, there's main specifications. Yeah, I don't know well, if there's it, anything. It did have a listing. Uh, well, actually, let's see here. There's a an option here. So it says alkaline batteries, four hours. Uh, the, I don't know what, NI is nickel. What's capital M, capital H, do you know? Uh, no, it's, but but they're rechargeable. Okay, okay. Uh, I think those used to be like nickel cadmium batteries. I don't know what the MH is though, but that's four and a half hours. Lithium, nine hours. Huh. Um, and the uh, instructions on the inside about the battery type just says, only use the same two at a time. Don't mix lithium with 
nickel or alkaline or whatever. Just sure. Do well, the same type, which makes sense. But um, so those numbers are not what we're seeing here. If they're guessing four and we got just under an hour. And, and you know, I did play with the first set of batteries. I did play around with it, but that was also down to one bar when we yeah. we turned it on today as well. And And really all I did was set it up. Uh, add some tunes, play the tunes back like our friend Brandy, and uh, <laughs> play the intro and the outro a couple of times to make sure how it sounded and things like that. So uh, who knows what's going on, but we'll uh, we'll do another episode or, or two before we... Uh, we say there's a problem. It could have just been us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, at the end of the day, too, it's not, I don't think, I think with the, the size of the package being as small as it is, um, running it off of an external battery like we're doing right now would not necessarily be the biggest ordeal. Um, the battery that I'm running it off of, I want to say that thing's like 5,000-ish milliamp hours because um, you have the same one. Um, and it's, you know the size of like my wallets just way thinner um so not not a huge impediment to the portability but it would be good to know if something's up that we're getting less than a quarter of the expected time out of the batteries well and and honestly i brought uh eight brand new batteries because i just threw two four packs in my bag and those two four packs are way way heavier than one of these external batteries exactly and uh more cost effective more environmentally sensitive and all those sorts of things so uh um fewer things going into the landfill so so we'll we'll try i know we we've got another one on the radar for uh later in the week so uh we'll try that and and see i might try to uh overnight a um, another um uh sd card if i don't i don't really want to steal any from jenny i might borrow one and buy her a new one that's what i might do yeah we have some higher class uh, SD cards for her Sony professional cameras, and so maybe grab one of those. Uh, I do know that the SD card in here that we threw an error on early on um, is probably pretty old as well. It's it's right. probably a bunch of cameras ago, and then we used it in the uh, H4n Pro, and, right. and it's and rattled around in a bag probably for years and, off and on. And I know... Um Back when Brandy and I started podcasting, you let us borrow that uh, H4N Pro. Yeah. Um, so between what we've done to it, it going through however many digital photos, the number of read-write cycles that bad boy has seen is probably getting up there, uh, which which is an issue for that type of uh, of media. So. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not faulting the uh, the device for that one. I, I think that's more the card, especially considering we saw that at the very beginning. Um, but then once we got past that point, you know, not to jinx it right now by saying it out loud, but um, it's been pretty good. So I think there's just like a bad sector on the on that one. Probably so. And then uh, we'll uh, we'll put these two pieces together for when the when the lights still went out. Still gonna have to do some edit work. Still gonna have to do some edit work, <laughs> but. Uh, but we have the intro. We'll we'll play out the outro yeah. as as we leave. So uh, that'll cut down on uh, some of the stuff. Yeah, so, a little uh, little less there. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's still it's still a win. And honestly, like it's it's really cool to fit stuff into a backpack. Like you said, the mic stands are probably the biggest issue right now as far as portability goes. Um, but to be able to just kind of come here and 
really the longest part of the setup was us playing with the pod track to figure out what we needed to do with it. So um, to be able to come to a random picnic table somewhere and spend five minutes and get everything set up is, is pretty cool. Yeah, five minutes tops. Yeah. So so I think uh, we're we're still uh, still a fan. So we'll, yeah. oh, we'll yeah. see how the the battery issue uh, resolves itself one way or the other. Battery, so. battery gate. 2020. Battery Gate 2020. <laughs> Zoom Battery Gate 2020. You heard it here first. Exactly. This this is what's going to propel us to the next level. We'll, uh, nobody nobody will be talking about the pandemic. No. They, they'll be talking about uh, yeah, they'll be talking about Amazon Basics batteries that are uh, like a year old. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so John, where can people find you? Yeah, uh, people can find me uh, in a few different places. Um, my main uh, website that links to everything else is jfabhd.com. Uh, just redid the hosting for that, but it's the exact same content. A uh, little blurb about me, links to all my other stuff. Uh, my other main place you can find me on the internet, uh, which is linked to from jfabhd.com, is unusually.pink. Um, that's the website that it was used by the last podcast that I did with our friend Brandy. I don't even really like that much um since that podcast is no more um i kept all the blog posts that i've written for that uh moved them to some other cheaper hosting and a slightly more extensible platform i would say but uh still blog there uh i took a few photos i figure i'll be blogging a little bit about this as a supplement as well some of our thoughts on the whole remote podcasting thing because uh, i had done a few posts about that as Brandy and I struggled to figure out what to do early on in the pandemic. Uh, but yeah, that's mostly just uh, blog posts and, and that sort of thing. A lot of them kind of trend towards the more technical side of things. A lot of it's when I'm messing around either at work or in my personal life and I figure out how to do something technically, I'll blog about it. But some of them are just, you know, shit posts about movies or my thoughts on WWDC or, or anything like that. So uh, that's that's mostly where I am. How about you? Where can people find you on the interwebs? Still haven't got that website built, so uh, craftbrewgeek.com will uh, point you to my Instagram account, and uh, I'm in all the usual socials at craftbrewgeek.com or craftbrewgeek, so it'll get you there, and uh, one of these years I will, uh, maybe while there's a pandemic going, I will uh, actually get that that website up. Are you you in a race? Because I know there's been a a hotly uh, anticipated website on the cusp of releasing uh, that's going to give anybody in the central Kentucky area all the new hotness about uh, bluebird trails in central Kentucky. So I'm, I'm eagerly awaiting to see if craftbrewgeek.com or whatever that website's domain is going to be kind of come online first. You, you know, since, uh, <laughs> since I'm doing both of them, I should have not wasted any time on that other one <laughs> and just got mine up. But I, you know, trying to do a guy a solid and I uh, can't get him to give me any words. Yeah. He's just got to type up a little, a little blurb and that's, it's too much, but you know, you know, it's different, different strokes. So it's, it's all good. I'm sure he'll get that live one of these years. All right. Good deal. Thanks for uh, joining me uh, out here in the uh, wilderness. Yeah, yeah, it was good. We should do this again sometime. Absolutely.